Good morning. Good morning. Out to the stream. Do 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 do. Oh yeah. Wow. Didn't get a lot of sleep. Sleep last night. Got uh something in the air again. Oh man. Things are happening. I have my RMF for shirt on today. That means RMF is in the news. I do this on Thursday, I guess. There's a lot of, a lot of RMF, RMF, RMF on Thursdays. Today's a big one. Lots of news coming out of NIST. After years and years and years of waiting, say years, multiple years, of waiting for 853 to come out of draft, was released yesterday. 853 revision 5 is officially released with the release date of September of 2020 uh, and on to the next revision 6 I guess they start writing now who knows who knows Eric that's a good one good one for you did you know 53 revision 5 became public official yesterday good morning good morning Eric Good stuff. The other thing they got out, finally, finally, after being a reference for years and years and years, well, probably just years and years, uh, 853B or 853 Bravo is out in draft form as well. I, I looked at it. I've been watching for it. I've been looking for it. But it has, it has a, a release date of the draft of July. And I've got the printed copies right here. Um, Something like this I print. I can't read. I, I read a lot of stuff online, but something like this you got to print. Have in your hands and read. I've got to read. I've got to highlight. I've got to understand what is going on in these documents. I've, I've looked at them in, well, 53 Revision 5. I've looked at a ton in draft. Um, now it's official. I need to go through it again with the fine tooth comb and see what the difference are. we got a lot, a lot going on. Cody. I haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. Either you've been hiding in the background or you've been off doing great and wonderful things. Eric, yes, let's go revision five. Uh, we got a little weirdness going on in the background here. Let's see if we can fix that. There we go. Uh, yeah, yay. Hey, version five, finally. Uh, and uh, Paul says, good. Good morning. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Good to see you all on the live stream. The other things, we got a regular news. Um, I actually just thought about doing no news at all and just talking about NIST, but I figured we'll talk about at least two things. Two things. A Nigerian, Nigerian scammer get caught and Shopify. Shopify, they've got those two in the wrong order. Um, Shopify is under the microscope for insider threat some things we worry about definitely worry about oh man so let's do what we do let's do the intro and let's talk about today's news yeah today's news oh nigeria Actually, how do I get this? Yeah, I got it. I get it backwards. Oh, well, 
watch the buttons. But case I do them in the wrong order. Omunde Ugarami. Ram Rami. You know I, I mess the names are always I'm always gonna mess the names up. Apologize. A Nigerian national was sentenced Wednesday to a three-year term prison for his role in a hacking operation aimed at U.S. government employees. The Department of Justice announced on Wednesday, yesterday. Um, Almunde, among other alleged co-conspirators, targeted government employees with spoofed email pages that imitated U.S. government agencies' email systems in order to steal their access credentials, prosecutors prosecutor said. Um, yeah, we know that's phishing. They didn't. They didn't say it's a cyber scoop. They didn't come out and say it's phishing. But we know that's what it is. They spoofed email pages that imitated U.S. government agencies' email systems. After government personnel visited the pages and fell for the trick, the fraudsters then used the stolen usernames and passwords to fraudulently order office products from. General Service Administration, or GSA vendors, according to our friends at the Department of Justice. Operation went from July 2013 to December 2013, a while ago. Uh, and they were sending products such as printer, toner, cartridges, and other office products to New Jersey. And in New Jersey, they were repackaged and sent off uh, overseas. Overseas locations controlled by the organization, controlled by these co-conspirators. Some cases, the co-conspirators leveraged web pages that imitated the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to dupe targets, according to court documents. EPA, so it looks like EPA may be the target, main targeted folks on this one. Uh, the scheme ultimately defrauded vendors of nearly $1 million worth of office products, prosecutors said. Uh, vendors, why? Why are the vendors the ones that, uh-oh, the vendors the one that are in trouble here? I have lost mouse power. That's not right. That's not right at all. Um, that's, that's not good. I got, I got no mouse, man. That's the problem with this, uh, this system here. Let's see what we can do. We need something in the interim to help us out. We got no mouse. We got no mouse. Well, that is just that is just not gonna work. Uh, it's not gonna work, Apple. You 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 got me there. Um, hold on, folks. I need a mouse. Be right back. I guess, I guess that's the lesson to learn. Always have a backup mouse. Oh man. 
Not a good, not a good thing when your mouse dies right in the middle of the live stream. How, how can that be right? <laughs> okay, back at mouse in place. Good to have uh, probably something, something in the background ready to go in case this happens. So, Scheme ultimately defrauded vendors of a, nearly a million dollars worth of office products. The prosecutor said, "That's the question I have on this one. The vendors defrauded the vendors." So it was a U.S. government agency that lost their credentials. But the vendors are the ones that are defrauded. So is that saying the government's not going to pay this bill? The vendors shipped the product. The government was the one that was negligent. I'm going to call them negligent because you have to train your end users. Your end users belong to the organization. If your end users are negligent with the control of their account credentials, that's the responsibility of the organization. And, and if it was the EPA, let's say the let's say it was the EPA that was responsible for this, um, to me that's the organization that pays, not the vendor. The vendor, the vendor was shipping out what it thought was legitimate product because the credentials were valid, and the organization was the one that lost the credentials. I don't think it's I don't think it's right that the organization was penalized for this. Hackers frequently spoofed legitimate websites to steal victim credentials and information. Um, last week, the DOJ announced charges against two Russian nationals for allegedly tr tricking victims into sharing usernames and passwords on fake websites. For example, the most popular websites uh, that credential-stealing criminals have been imitating include Wells Fargo, Netflix, Facebook, Microsoft, uh, according to Palo Alto networks. Uh, U.S. District Judge Susan B. Wington, Wington has ordered uh, this guy to pay $68,618 in restitution. Pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Uh, I can read the original indictment in the show notes below. Um, yeah, I accidentally crushed, I crushed my mouse. My mouse died. I guess I didn't really crush it, Alex. That's kind of mean. Mean dude. Uh, yeah, you guys jumping on the bandwagon, Eric. I see. I see how it is. I see how it is. Um, so, yeah, this one. Uh, the organization is required to maintain access control. That's one of the requirements it has. It's required to train its end users to, to be able to spot phishing. I don't think the vendor, if the vendors shipped out a million dollars of product on what it thought was legitimate orders from legitimate credentials, um, uh, in my mind, it's the government that should have to pay 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 the vendor still. I don't know. To me, that's uh, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I'm right. Shopify is also in the news. Shopify had a couple employees that thought they would be cool. Um, in this article by Dark Reading, last mar last article was by CyberScoop. This article is by Dark Reading. Uh, E-commerce platform Shopify, Shopify uh, has confirmed a security incident in which two support team employees were involved in a scheme to steal customer transaction records from specific merchants. The activity affected fewer than 200 merchants. 
um, the e-commerce platform reports. That could be 200 fairly big merchants. So merchants whose stores were illegitimately accessed may have had customer data exposed, according to the company blog post. The information includes basic contact data, such as name, email, physical address, order details, products and services purchased, uh, the payment card data and other financial records were not targeted in the theft. While Shopify did not report the theft, theft did not report the theft took place. Uh, an email sent to the customers of the cosmetic seller 100 100% pure indicates the transaction records were accessed on September 15th, according to a report from Bloomberg. Again, while the Shopify report did not uh, Shopify did not report the theft. They didn't report the theft took place. I thought these guys had to report these things. Um, goes back to my point about Activision and Call of Duty yesterday. They're not... Activision and Call of Duty saying there's not a breach. And these guys are saying they just, they just didn't report it. Um, yeah, you got to report these breaches, man. I thought they, thought they were required by law to breach, report these things. Upon learning of the employees' involvement in the scheme, Shopify terminated their access to the network and referred it to, to law enforcement. It says there's no indication the stolen data has been used. However, uh, it's working with the FBI and internal agencies on an ongoing investigation and will update the affected merchants as needed, says it says Shopify in the update. The article goes on to talk about some other stuff. Code 42, and I don't know if you guys have been bombarded with Code 42 ads, but I've been bombarded in the last couple of weeks. Code 42, a new platform out for um, data security, information security. They've got some stats on the most most popular tools for file sharing and collaboration. Um, cool. I, I I don't know if this whole middle part. There's a couple paragraphs in the middle here of this article that look like they're just an ad placed in here for Code 42. The, the articles, the point of the article is insider threat. The insider threat happened, um, and they're going to talk about file sharing tools. And there's no other indicator of what's going on. Did they, did the insiders, did these insiders use file sharing tools to move the data out? Did what, why are we talking about most popular tools for file sharing and collaboration? Our email, SharePoint, OneDrive, Google Drive. Most commonly used unauthorized platforms for sharing files with colleagues, WhatsApp, Google Drive, Facebook, personal mail. Um, nearly 40% use unauthorized apps daily. 26% use them weekly uh, to share files with their colleagues. Uh, cool, good data to have. I, If they tied it to the article, I would really appreciate that. Um, did these employees get the data and then send it out on OneDrive? Did they get the data and send it out? On Facebook what what is this in here other than a big ad for code 42 in the middle of this this article um, sure code code 42 go go code 42 I often wonder the only thing I wonder about code 42 is it 42 like from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is that why they pick 42 or is there another reason to have 42 there um, okay good thanks code 42 for for placing some information in the middle of this, this article good on you a um, couple things they're pointing to, you know. Uh, Dark Reading has some good points here. It's like, 
Employees are no longer loyal to the company they work for. Employees generally spend limited time at a particular employer and then move on to the next one. There's no, you know, even, even I'm a Gen Xer, right? I'm a Gen X. We didn't do like boomers and generations before where you went to one company. And I don't even know if boomers did it, but you go to one company, you stay there 20 years, 30 years, you, and then you retire and you go on. I don't even think that, I don't even think that was a boomer thing. I think, I think it was before that. I don't think that's existed for a long time where you stay with one company for 20 or 30 years, then get the gold watch and retire and go live in the suburbs, whatever. I don't think that happens. So that's one of the things they're pointing out here is you have employees that come to an organization for a year or two or five. They don't really have a vested interest. I mean, and, and they, they, if they make a product, if they build something at that organization, they kind of feel entitled, like it's their product. I built this, right? Well, I might have built it on your time and you paid me as the company, but I still built it, is their thought, um, according to the article, of course. Um, so you got to really, we have insider threat we have to deal with. We got to we got to worry about it, you know, insider threat. We worry about insider threats. So we got to we got to train our users and we got to watch our users, right? Uh, the insider is very very dangerous, right? Uh, whether they mean to be or not, we have to train them and we have to watch them. Um, that's just the the duality of of having users, right? Computer systems would all be secure if we didn't have users, right? That's the old joke. Um Another thing, another factor they point out here is COVID-19 um, has forced may, many employees into home offices, working from home, coffee shops, other places where network defenses, that strong outside is not as prevalent. Our Illy Coffee is in a, a brand new Wyoming cup. I picked out when I was out in Wyoming. Um Beautiful place. I love Wyoming. Wyoming is one of my favorite places. Uh, yeah. So the article says, uh, yeah, another factor expansion in, uh, of COVID-14. Compounding the issues is the trend that employees, especially younger ones, are staying with organizations for less time. Workers who do not plan to stay with the company for long aren't as loyal and may not think twice about bringing data to a future role somewhere else. Code 42 found 63% of employees who admit they took data to a new job are repeat offenders, and that's just the people who admitted to it, Payne points out. That, thank you, Code 42, that fact makes sense in this article. Often the people who take the sensitive data don't believe they're in the wrong. Few insider threats are truly nefarious, he notes. Some believe they have ownership of their work, even if it belongs to an employer, and exfiltrate information uh, with the goal of bringing it elsewhere. Mako um, said, put a keylogger on Mako's PC. Oh, keylog that thing. See what's going on. Go to home office convenience with lots of vulnerabilities. Yeah, and this goes to that point uh, we were talking about a couple weeks ago. We got to get out of this traditional security model, and I am advocating. I am on the front line of this zero trust model, and I'm not 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 jumping on the. Let's use the buzzword. Let's 
let's run this buzzword about zero trust. I'm saying let's build zero trust. Let's really call it whatever you want. You can call it anything you want, but we need this zero trust model where we can have an employee anywhere. And we use combination of factors of, are they on an authorized system? Do they have an authorized account? Are they using the correct level of protection? Is their system patched and updated? All these things, if they all add up to a go, then you're good to go. It doesn't matter if you're at Starbucks or you're inside the conference room at the building that you own. It shouldn't matter. This is zero trust. We don't trust anything and you have to earn the trust before you get any kind of access, including network access. You don't even get, you know, you may be inside the building, plug into the wall jack, you still don't have access until you prove you need access and you're authorized for it. Um, that's the zero trust model. That's that's where we need to get to. That's the next step we need to get to. The next step. So, might be a short, short show today. I don't know. Um, glad you guys are out there. Glad you're here this morning. Glad you're here to see my mouse die. Oh, man, what a, what an embarrassment. Technological failure on a Thursday morning. Friday Eve for most of us. Um, a good time so I do have I do have in my in my hot hands here two documents two two documents from NIST um, two of them printed out fairly hot off the presses hot off the presses yesterday um, so this is who we're talking about now NIST 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 the National Institute of Standards and technology, part of the U.S. Department of Commerce, has finally issued, in its final and published and official form, NIST Special Publication 853, Revision 5. That's your controls catalog. Um, a lot of things happened. One thing happened. The one thing that happened is this one. This guy here. This is a draft document. This is 853 Bravo. If you've been reading along, if you read 837 Revision 2 when it came out, it pointed to this document for the last couple years. It said, if you want to build baselines, go look at 853B. Well, until July, 853B, even in its draft form, didn't exist. But now we, now we have one. Now we have one. We've got 853B, and we'll talk about this, this one later in much more detail. But it's essentially, it's taken our baseline, our original baseline document. It's made nice tables out of it. Uh, it's not one big, big thing. It's still our low, moderate, high, like we've had before. High watermark for the normal NIST organizations. Not talking about DOD. We're not talking about intelligence community. Baselines and how to create them is in this document. It's a draft still. I'd say, if you can, go out and look at that thing. Check it out. Um, it's got information in there. It's draft still. Hopefully it'll go from draft to final form fairly quickly. The other document we're missing in this, what should be a trifecta, is 853 alpha. And that's the partner document that tells us how to assess these controls in 853. Um, and I didn't see that. But this is the one a lot of us, a lot of us have been waiting for. A lot of us have been waiting for NIST 853 revision 5 to be released so we can start moving forward. Alex will tell you, we got most organizations have a year to implement this. 
We got till September of next year to implement the new controls catalog. Good time to switch from revision one uh, to revision two, or yeah, revision one to revision two of it. Essentially, good time to move to NIST, uh, the NIST RMF 2.0 that, that was published in uh, 837 revision two a few years ago. A lot of people haven't moved to it yet. It's not a ton of changes. It really isn't. It's implementing an organizational prepare step and a system prepare step, which are actually the same step. But organizations have to prepare. I, I, I kind of split them in two. Because one, the organization has to do prepare before any system. So the organization has to do their prepare before anybody starts the RMF. Once they complete the organizational prepare step tasks, then we can start doing prepare for a system and run through the normal RMF. Um, now with its seven steps, we don't call don't don't number them though. They've got rid of numbering, so they they prepare, categorize, implement, assess, implement. You know, um, those kind of things. Select all the steps are there. All seven steps are there. Um, but we're not going to number them anymore. We decided not to number them. They had a step zero for a while was going to be prepare, and they decided to go against that for some reason. So what are we talking about? What are we talking about? What are the big the big changes you need to know today? Because we'll spend some time over the coming weeks. We'll, we'll dig in and we'll, we'll dive into 853 Revision 5 and show you that it's not so scary. It's not such a big change. So... Well, we'll leave this. Let's leave. Let's leave NIST there. We'll put NIST way up here, and then we'll put our our information down below. We'll do that. So, here's what we have. Here's the timeline of our control families. FIPS 200 originally introduced the 17 control families, and if we want to go back to legal precedence. Legal precedence is from FIPS, and FIPS says there's 17 control families. That needs to be updated, I think. In my opinion, FIPS 200 needs to be updated to reflect the current operating environment. When we move to special publication 853 revision 4 over there, we added uh, an additional PS family, uh, or the, the um, is it PS? Yeah, PS. Or PL. PL. Not PS. PL. Planning. I was trying to think what P. Why is, how, does, how does PS equal planning? Um, PL for planning. The planning family, right? And that's essentially implemented at the as the inheritance level. Level 2 and level 3. Level 1. So PL was added in revision 4. We added the planning. Uh, then now, yesterday, when we released 853 revision 5, we jumped up to 20 families, we've added privacy, and we've added supply chain as additional families, and they are like uh, P, T, and S, R are their indicators, their numbers. So we've added two new families, all we've added. So over the last, since the original publication of FIPS 200, we've went from 17 families to 20 families. Not a terrible jump, not a terrible jump. So now we're at 20 families that, that compromise, that compose, that are overarching of the controls within NIST. Special Publication 853, 
revision 5 that was just released. We'll move that guy right there. There's our control families. Um, the other thing we need to know is our control count. And a lot of people look count differently. And I'm going to tell you how I count, and I'll tell you why I count this way. I count a control at the control number level, right? So AC2 is one control. And that control that control counts AC2 and all of its enhancements. Because to me, that's one control. That's AC2 and then a bunch of things we can add to it. If we look at the CIS or the SANS Top 20, that's 20 controls, but they've got a whole bunch of what I would call enhancements in them. So I count NIST controls the same way. AC2 is one control, and it's got a bunch of enhancements, a whole lot of enhancements, but it's one control, right? Some may or may not agree with me. That's, that's how I count. That's what makes sense to me because that is the nomenclature. We're talking about controls and control enhancements. So we're talking control count here. So don't freak out. Some people say, I knew that, you know, 853 revision four had like 900 controls in it or 800 controls in it. That's controls and control enhancements. That's not the count I'm talking about here. I'm talking about pure control count. These are controls, AT1. AC1, PS1, those, those are controls. So revision four of 853 had 240 controls. Um, revision five has 298 controls. A few were, a few were withdrawn. There were some withdrawn, um, but we ended up with a higher count of controls, which makes sense because we added two families. We've added privacy, um, and we've added supply chain, which were in revision. They were they were over here. They were over here in revision four. Before, they were just under their own appendix. Um, are they all, all exactly the same? I can't tell you that right now. I don't know. So we've added 58, 58 new controls have been added in this new revision. So... 58 new controls, and they're not all, that's why we got to look at the Bravo. we got to look at the Bravo and see how is the baselines changed? How did this impact the baselines of our systems, right? Uh, that's one of the things we, you know, we've got to do. I'm just going to do this here. Sorry, folks, I just, yeah, I'm trying to get things cleaned up a little bit here. There we go. So we've added controls, but controls, you don't implement every control. No organization should look at this and say, oh man, now I've got to implement 298 controls. That's not, if you know the RMF, you know that's not the case. That's not true. The baseline, if we have a low baseline, we're going to implement right around 100 controls. Things like 100 and 112. I don't know what it is, the new baseline. We'll have to look at the new baseline to see what the new baseline count is. Let's say, for argument's sake, 100 controls we have to implement. And we know there's inheritance, right? So all those dash ones we're going to inherit from the organization. The other thing that's really nice about 
about revision five, about this one, is well they moved the table. You know, we used to have that table up front. We could go to the front up front and look at all the controls listed. They moved that to the back, so that's back in the back here somewhere. Um, and I don't know where it's at. It's like I'm missing pages. What is going on here? Um, anyways, somewhere in here, somewhere in, in this mess, there's the table. And in the table, it's going to say AT1, and next to it's going to be an O, because that's an organizational control. And then it's going to go down and say it's like AT2S, system control. Actually, it's probably going to say S slash O because it's system and organization. So there's it's there's an indicator in that table now that lists all the controls. It's going to say O for organizational. It's going to say S for system. And it's going to say S slash O or O slash S, like which way it goes. For those controls that are, that are system and organizational, or what we like to call hybrid controls in some cases. Um, so it helps us a lot as a system owner I can look at my baseline, I can look at that table and say, I'm just going to look at those things that are either an S or an S and an O, and I'm going to figure out how many I've got, and the rest should be, should be, if my organization did things right, the rest should be inherited controls, right? Making things easier, right? And I, I, I never get the Pamela, I think, is the new Victoria is the new Ron Ross uh, as the arm uh, the NIST JTF leader. Pilitary. Jennifer Pilitary. Got to get her name right. She's doing good things. Got to take care of people who are doing good things. So this is, this is the new stuff. This is the new stuff, NIST. It's coming out. You got a year to do it. But do you know how fast a year goes? You guys, most of you guys know how fast a year goes. We got to plan for it. We got to see how it's going to impact us. We got to figure out what's new, what's old, what changes are made in those controls. Are there changes in the enhancements? Um, how does it impact our systems? And and then that's that's three months down the road. Then you've got three quarters to implement. You got save some time in the end because you know you're going to have to test things, make sure they work. Um, but it's here. It's here after. After a long, long while, NIST 853 Revision 5 is here for us. And we're going to spend some time in the coming weeks going over this document in detail. We'll probably spend some time. We'll probably make individual videos on this because it is important. It's important. Um, my mouse. My mouse is gone. Yeah, so we've got, we've got our... We've got our Got our controls to work with now. We've got our new, new shiny controls. It's like having new tennis shoes when you go off to school, right? New shiny shoes. We can run fast. We can secure systems. We've got new controls that can help us secure systems. We got we got a bunch to work with. We got a bunch to work with. We got fifty eight new controls. Let's see how they fit into our our world. We also have our control baseline document. This is going to be a good one to look at. You know, it's going to tell us how how we build baselines because one of the new one of the new prepare steps for an organization optional prepare tasks I should say tasks in the prepare step for the organization 
is building your own baselines if you want to. You can build your own baseline. I want to have a baseline for, you know, environmental systems. I don't know. Whatever you want baselines for. So I'm excited these things are out. I'm geeking out because I put on the, I put the, threw the RMFR shirt on just for this one. Um, excited to see this one go forward. Excited to dig into it. I don't know. You guys, I know some RMF folks out there, some guys that are, guys and gals that are doing the RMF, uh, working in security. What do you guys think? You happy that it's out? Been been excited? Been waiting for it to come out? Now, remember this is going to, there's going to be a ripple effect, right? So now we've got FedRAMP uses RMF. So FedRAMP is going to have to go from revision four to revision five. And that took a while to go from three to four. So we're going to see how long it takes FedRAMP to go over. All those systems certified under FedRAMP are going to have to eventually move to revision, revision five. After FedRAMP moves to revision five, they're going to have to go to it. So lots of changes, lots of changes, guys. Lots of, lots of changes are going to come in the next year. So good time this year. Take this year not only to remove to move from revision four to revision five of, of NIST 853, but use this year to go from RMF 1 to RMF 2.0. Go to the new version of RMF. I'm telling you, there's not a lot of changes. They've, they've taken things and broken broken different tasks out into, you know, where, where there was maybe three implied tasks in one task. Now there's three distinct individual tasks. That's That's one of the major things that's happened with revision two of the RMF. The other thing obviously is creating that prepare step. That prepare step was so needed. So many organizations pushed system owners to go the RMF, but the organization hadn't gone yet. So I'm happy to see it. Happy to see we're moving forward. Um, hopefully you guys are, hopefully you guys got a good day ahead of you. Um, as always, I'm gonna tell you this Video is available, will be available later today in audio only format on everywhere Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon, all the big players. It'll be out there. If you don't want to watch the video, want to take this with you, want to download it and take you with you for one reason or another. Um, as always, I can ask if you just like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends if they're like minded, if they need to know about security, if they want to know about risk, if they're a cyber person and they want to talk about the news every morning. This is the place we talk about it, building a community where we take care of friends, family, co-workers in our organization, friends, fam friends, family, co-workers, and organization. It's all about people helping people. Um, yeah, if you're looking for a mentor, you want to be a mentor, I'm still looking. The page is up. It's still a little bit ugly because we didn't, didn't work on it last night. But yeah, I was looking at 53 instead. You can still sign up. Sign up to be a mentor. Sign up to look for a mentor. Sign up for look for a mentor and be a mentor. I don't know. Um, anyways, I am glad you guys could join me this morning. I am excited to see you guys dig into 853. Tell me know what you think. Start into digging into 853 and tell me what you think of the new revision. Um, just let me know. Let me know what you think. Talk, let's talk about 53 tomorrow. We'll talk about, give you time to look at it, digest it, think what you guys think. Um, hopefully FedRAMP and DISA step up their A-game on catching up with the DIS documentation. Yeah, hope they should have been, there's, this thing's been a draft for a long time, so they should have been 
building out, getting ready for it, I would hope. And I would, I would throw not not just FedRAMP and DISA. I would throw um, the intelligence community in there, too. So we have CNSSI, CNSSI 1253, which is the, the, the essentially this, you know, the control catalog and some other stuff for the intelligence community. It aligns how the controls are implemented in the IC, which the DOD uses as well, using their... They don't use the high watermark. They use a individual categorization for high, moderate, and low. So they end up with something like high, low, low, or high, 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 instead of just a high watermark of, of one indicator of high or moderate. So that's got to be updated too. 1253 has got to be updated to match the new controls. So there's more to be done across the board. I, I, I hope they do. Hopefully they're, they're moving out. Hopefully they're making things happen. FedRAMP, DISA, the intelligence community, everyone gets this updated guess we got a year to get there they'll probably take a year to update their stuff and then they'll give their folks more time to implement i'm gonna guess but if you could share with your friends um let's see more people in the morning let's talk more people in the morning um it's always good to see you guys so i'm gonna leave you on that i'm gonna leave you with that note go out i put in the show notes the link to 853 revision 5 and 853 bravo draft form. You can go out and grab them, a few hundred pages each. Print them out if you want to. If you're good at reading on the screen, read on the screen. And uh, I'm going to call that, I'm going to call that a wrap for the day. Let's, uh, yeah. CNSSI 2, yeah, they got updated too. Uh, across the board, but it gives new controls. It, it updates, it makes it fresh. That's one thing nice about NIST. They all, they do update these documents for the low, low price of free. So that's why so many Private sector organizations are going to the RMF. You can pay for the 2700. You can pay for some of the other frameworks. Or you can use the RMF for free to include the controls. So you tell me which one's a better business decision. So, anywho, anywho, um, great to see you guys this morning. I'm glad that NIST has is, is finally pushed this across the line. Um, love to see and hear your thoughts on it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk, put a pin in this one. We'll write it on the whiteboard. We'll talk about this tomorrow. Let me know what you guys think about the uh, new new control catalog. So that being said, you guys go out there and do good things today. The Bravos would tell you, go out and get some. I'll say go get some for them. Take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers, your organization. Take care of each other as a community. We're out here to support each other and keep each other moving forward and secure our systems and make sure we try to keep the bad guy out. So... Until tomorrow, I, I hoist my Wyoming cup of Illy coffee to you, and we will see you. See you then.